Hey, peace family, Will Roundtree, and here's my story I'm sharing on Trip Life Podcast. And let's make sure we stay connected. So make sure you follow me on social media across all platforms at Mr. Will Roundtree. Uh, make sure you also subscribe to my YouTube, same handle. And I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, dreams over doubt. And stay updated by checking out the newest episode of the most electric podcast in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays. Peace. Hi, this is Robin Fitzgerald, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on social media. On Instagram, I'm RobinElizabeth.13, and on Facebook, I'm Robin Elizabeth. I hope I inspire you today, and remember, dreams over doubt. Hey everyone, my name is Amra Nasser, and today I'll be sharing my story and my insights on the Trep Life podcast. Feel free to follow my work at Abrahamic Center to keep up with projects and events I'm working on. Everyone asks themselves, who am I? What is my purpose? What value do I add to the world and those around me? The answer to these questions can often change over time, but I hope my insights can help you feel empowered about where you are right now and remember that life is an ongoing process. You have the power to change your mindset even in limited circumstances. You can go against the grain. Your likes and interests can be strange. I hope I can make you see the beauty in all of that. Stay updated by checking out new episodes of the most eclectic podcast in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays, streaming on all podcast platforms. Hey, this is Mike Fallett from Dreamstarters Publishing. We created the number one book creation service for entrepreneurs. And in this podcast, you're going to hear about my story and how I help people write their books and keep chasing that hero of theirs. So I hope you like it. You could follow me at The Dream Starter on Instagram and reach out to me anytime. I hope you like it because this one is going to be fun. Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens. Prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you experience value and insight from Trap Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Here at Trap Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Trap Life Equations, E to the third, H squared equals Trap Life. Entrepreneurship plus empowerment plus empathy, history plus hip hop. All right, there it goes. Nice, nice. Okay. I apologize for the technical difficulties we were facing, but <laughs> it's all good, bro. I thought I, I thought I would be able to do it from my computer. Yeah. Because I, I, I got a mic and stuff, and I don't like really recording off of my headphones, but it's all good. <clears throat> Definitely. Um. So you are actually really good at introductions. Unlike <laughs> me, I'm pretty bad at them. So um, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and uh, we'll just kick it off from there. Oh, no problem, man. Well, my name is Brandon J. Wigley, originally originally from um, Orlando, Florida, currently in Atlanta, Georgia. I love it here, by the way. Um I like to call myself many things, man. I call myself the curator of vibes, vibes, vibes being the acronym of value, 
um, inspiration, business ownership, entertainment, and success. Like I feel like I curate everything in those um, in those departments, man, and I just kind of put them together. I've been um, shit. I'm 33 years old. Been pretty much self-employed business owner since I was 24. Worked with Jay Morrison Academy. Was vice president of that. Now I have my own pretty much digital marketing agency. Also uh, a business called Broadway and Castleton where we go and work with companies that's making around at least $500,000 grossing $500,000 and we um, help them scale by, you know, sales and marketing. So I do a lot, man. (laughs) One of those, I like to call myself the new age renaissance, man. I like that. We, we, um, are you familiar with the term multi-potentialite? Never heard of it, but now you just schooled me on it. So yeah, so, <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, a lot of times uh, we're taught that we only can be one thing in life, right? But multi-potentialites that we have um, potential in multiple areas. For sure, and I think that's more true now um, with. Uh, the era that we're living in now, I think we're producing people with um, who are just curious about an array of things and who are developing skills so that they can practice those different curiosities and transition them to business and a profession. Yeah, for sure. And it, and I, and I totally believe in, of course I, to, I, I believe in, you know, mastering a skill and getting deep in that and being known for that I, I believe in that so if i would say my my main skill is let's say sales the art of negotiating sales being able to persuade um and that also helps me to be able to do multiple things because i'm able to build teams around me and um have people buy into the vision to help me in all these different areas so i think when you're good at sales not sales as like the negative connotation of a used car salesman or some shit, right. but <laughs> like sales as negotiating, um, persuading, getting people to buy into whatever you believe in, then you can do many things easily, in my opinion. Definitely. So how did you first get into sales to start there? Um, sheesh, I don't know, bro. I think it was just always in me. I've always had a natural charisma. Um, But I would say my first... You know, it's kind of like the cliche story. My dad, when I was younger, he worked at like this bakery. And at night they would have, um, he would take home like baked goods, croissants and danishes and donuts and stuff. So me and my homie would sell those on the stoop in our apartment complex. So that was probably elementary, maybe early middle school. So that was sales. Um, After that, I used to sell cars. Then I worked in the mall. I worked at Finish Line while I was in college. Then I worked at a, um, a clothing store, a men's and women's clothing store. It was called Man Alive at the time, kind of showing my age. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I just always done that. And then from there, it's just from to real estate to, you know, shit, everything, really everything. I, I, I embody sales. I do it every day. Nice. So do you think starting young has helped you just have a natural um, potency for uh, sales? 
No, nah, bro, I would say, even though, yes, I did start young, I still didn't, like, I was more into sports after that. Like, I played basketball growing up my whole life, and I played at a top top high school in the country for basketball, top AAU team. So, I played ball a lot. So, even though I, I would say I was a late bloomer with – I have a natural charisma, but a late bloomer in really – you know, trying to specialize in that sale and, and sales and really studying. I, I would say like the, even the entrepreneur bug hit me around, not late, because it's all in a matter of perspective, but around okay. like 24, you know, even though I was okay. selling those Danishes, I guess it hit me then, but it was only like a year span or something like that. Not even. Um, and then I always just focused on basketball. But when I would say like 23, 24, that's when I really, got really deep into entrepreneurship and really learning sales. Okay. We're we're going to switch courses here, but I, I definitely want to come back to sales before we uh, wrap up our conversation today. Um, you're a man of many talents. So you call yourself or the people call you, because I've seen people call you on social media, the curator of vibes, right? Mm-hmm. And you gave us your acronym for vibes, but traditionally, what would you say vibes mean when people hear that term? Do you think it's overused? And what do you mean by it? Yeah, man. Um, shit. If all words are overused, man, I think it's just about um, whatever meaning that a person in you know interprets, right? So right. for me, vibes is just. It's, it's a feeling. It's an energy that you get. You know, sometimes you, it's, it's, it's unexplainable. I went to it's this place called The Groove here in Atlanta. I, I'm more R&B than hip hop, right? So right. I love hip hop too, but I love R&B music. And The Groove is a, it's a party where they play nothing but R&B music. And it's a vibe. <laughs> if that makes sense. It's the energy. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the emotion that you feel. It's the way you feel um, inside inside of you, the the connections that you build in it's a vibe. Sometimes a vibe can't even put it can't even be put into words. Um, so yeah, it could be it can be overused, but like for me, it's an acronym to where right. I, I I I value the V is for value. Always make yourself valuable and bring value to people. I is for inspiration. I feel like we all should be inspirational and inspire somebody, um, like Nipsey say. You know, you got, I forgot the exact quote, but got to be an inspirer. That's the single most act of kindness we can do on this world or something like that. It's inspired business ownership. I feel like everybody to be is for business ownership. Everybody should own a business or not saying that you have to be an entrepreneur, but I don't care if it's an MLM, you know, just experience what it is to be a business owner. E is for entertainment. I feel like we always should entertain. I think people always, um, we live in a world where entertainment sells too. And I love comedy. I play the, I, I love comedy. I love the arts. I play the acoustic guitar. So entertainment. And then that's how you get people attention as well. And then success. We all define our own success. So define yours. So that's what vibes mean to me. And it's a feeling when you bring all of those together. If If that answers the question. Absolutely. So you make playlists. Yep. Yep. So okay. I have a company called Spread Love Good Music. Okay. And, yeah, and and our mission is to really just highlight and show how music is a therapeutic language of connection. 
of all ages, um, cultures, races, how music connects us, man. I don't care. I wholeheartedly I, agree with that concept, that premise. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that was just a company me and my college roommate started. We used to make playlists back in the day in college. And uh, we always used to like, man, we just spread love, good music. Just spread love. When you when you spreading good music and a dope song, that's that's the art of love. You know, for me, music is my love language, <laughs> you know, so um, making playlists and sending those out and putting people up on new songs or they hearing a song that make them think about their granny or, you know, anything like that, that's spreading love. So that's the reason why we um, definitely do those playlists. What would you say are the essential elements to a good playlist? Uh, great question. I like to make a playlist tell a story. I don't just put songs. Some people, and I like to have a real theme. I, I rarely like to do the best of playlists because I feel like those are easy. You know, those you just put a whole bunch of collections of songs on there. But I like for a playlist to almost tell a story to where when you hear it in order, you're following along. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of like I go. It's kind of weird. I go real in depth. I listen to a playlist at least four or five times and put the songs in order. So yeah. for me, uh, a good playlist is letting putting the songs in order and it almost telling the story. So, for example, I made a playlist called um, "Music Is My Love Language," and then the title was like it was a story of a guy meeting a girl at a bar and and. And the the song order kind of tells that story. So it starts off with a skit from a guy telling a poem to a girl in a club. And then it just kind of goes down from there. It's kind of kind of dope. So I like to tell stories through playlists. Absolutely. So storytelling and sequencing, you would say, are the two most important moments. For sure. For sure. But everybody's not going to tell a story. Sometimes you just want to put it on there. Um, I think not to get all get deep and stuff like I just did on my story, on my playlist, but I think whatever just vibes to you. And if you're making a playlist for the people, sometimes you just got to put stuff on there that you don't like, but, you know, other people rocking out with because ultimately that playlist is not for you. But if it's for yourself, you know, I don't think you can go any wrong with just putting the vibes that you like. I make playlists myself and uh, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think you always have to tell a story, no, for sure. but I think um, just, just depending, like my default would be um, uh, to create a sense of purpose. Like I want to make sure my playlist is unique because anyone could get these songs together. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, how is it presented? Yeah. What 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 kind of energy is it evoking when you're listening to it? Do you want to come back to it? Is is this just a playlist for a specific purpose? So everything has to have meaning, and, you know, just kind of being methodical. You know, I just don't want to just add some music on there and call it a day. That's not it. No, I agree. I agree. Actually, uh, I think I invited you to this. There's a a playlist um, challenge. Oh yeah, on this Facebook group, yeah. So I invited you to that group. Oh yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, and you okay? So you just came out with a playlist with uh, Summer Walker. 
Can mm-hmm. you kind of take us through your thinking around that? Uh, that one was super easy. She, <laughs> Summer Walker, so I, I'm an R&B, like I kind of said earlier, I, I love R&B more than, I, well, I'm not even going to say I love it more, but I listen to more R&B than rap. So Summer, when I first heard Summer, her voice was just dope to me. It's like, it gives me that 90s R&B vibe. And plus, she plays the acoustic guitar when I play. Um, and with our company, we kind of try to choose a theme every week. And summer was, I think today, officially the first day of fall. So summer was ending. And I figured, like, you know what? Let's do a quick Summer Walker playlist and just call it Forever Summer. But with her playlist, her that one was pretty easy because she hasn't even officially dropped the album yet. And so she just been dropping a couple EPs and stuff. So she didn't have too much to even. I think I only have twelve songs on there, like yeah, two minutes. Like that. 12, yeah, 13, yeah. So yeah. It's like she didn't have too much to even choose from. So she just fresh and new. And I kind of wanted to, you know, a couple people know about her, but I was glad with that one. I got some feedback where people wasn't um, too familiar with her. So sometimes it's good to just, you know, she's she's popping, but she's not out there, out there like that yet. So it's good right. to expose some people. I think her biggest song was um, the one with Drake. Yeah. yeah. But she, all of her other music is I, I don't even know if that's her best song. Right? No, no, hell no, hell no. Um, so yeah, she got some hit, some heat. I love her. She's the queen of R and B to me. She's coming. Um, I kind of get the energy from her, like where her career is right now. Um, that I was sensing with um, I can't think of her name right now. The song uh, "Tripping." Oh, LMA. L- yes. Got you, got you. They two different vibes. I think some are gonna, some are gonna. I don't know. We shall see how this first album goes. She, she got a, you know, London on the track is making. I think producing her first album, so it's gonna be some hip hop vibes to it. But she gonna, I know she gonna keep that acoustic sound. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it matches her voice. That's why she's sure. very well. So yeah. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about the modern state of? R&B. Oh man, I, you know what? <laughs> I like it. I, I think it's a lot of dope people out there. I know the old heads say R&B dead. It ain't like it used to be. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'm 33, so I grew up on in a in a good era where yeah. you had where you had your Joe Seas and your Drew you Hills. Up, you and, came of age during one of the prime. Man, times I always t- I told I told my mom. You know, I was born in '86, so I I, I was blessed to live both like in the both cultures or both um generations of you know still being able to play outside <laughs> and really buy, like <clears throat> like that old school play outside play football and all that outside but still come into the technology age and and really soak up that music of you know Wu-Tang and you know the early hot boys and like all of that <laughs> you know what I mean even the R&B but I do say now, man, to answer your question, R&B dope, man. Like you got your Summer, you got your Herds, your Daniel Caesars, your, um, some a lot of people I'm, I'm I'm probably missing, but I think it's good as well. Now I miss the R&B groups. Yes, you know the groups. We, we man. don't have a definitive R&B. Nah, group we don't right have now. a group. Uh, so I do miss the groups because Joe to see the best group of all time to me. You know, so I need me a, a Joe to see style vibe. But um, I think R&B good, man. It's in good hands. 
You know, a lot of people just don't dig deep enough. No, there's artists out here. It's just the the sound is a little different, and yeah. the personalities are a little different. Facts. Facts. Would you Facts. still consider Chris Brown R and B? Nah, nah, Chris Brown pop man. Chris, he never was R and B to me. Like he made a couple slow jams, but nah, he like I would say Trey Songs more R and B than Chris Brown. So you would give Trey Songs? Would you say Trey Songs was ever a king of R and B? No, no, nah, I wouldn't. Nah. Definitely wouldn't. So who right now would be your queen and king of R and B? Queen, I'm going with Summer all day. Um, okay, king. Ah, uh, king. Who would I say king? If nobody popped in in my head immediately, I don't have an answer. Okay. Yeah, I respect I like, that. Yeah, I don't we like it. We're not just going to crown someone just because. Yeah, right? yeah, that ain't how I get down. If if it don't nothing, if I ain't defensive on my shit, like I'm not going like, to, I ain't yeah, going to say that. I don't want to force that answer. Yeah. Oh, someone will come around, I think. and Yeah, I'll think about it. Emerge. Um, I do like, um Dan- not Daniel Caesar. Um, oh, what's your boy's name? He was with Gold Link. Um, what's his name, man? Not the artist you just posted, right? Nah. Oh, Jameson. He's super dope. Um, you know him, man. You know when I say him too. He and Crew Love with with Gold Link. Brent Fires, I think that's his name. Fayez or something. Okay. I'm- I don't think I've heard too many records. Oh from man, him. you gotta check him out. Gotta bro. check him out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he hard. I like him. Yep. Because I think probably in the past three years, I've been in the space where I'm more into R and B and um, pop than I am hip hop. How old are you? I'm 27. Oh, okay. Okay. So you ain't too, too. I ain't too much older than you. Yeah, yeah man. I just like R&B. I always tell people I'm more R&B than rap. And R&B is just, it's like, I, to go back to the word, it's just the vibe, bro. You know, I was, when I gross, I was just grocery shopping. I made a playlist the other day called Merlot, Merlot and Sativa. So it's like a grown and sexy kind of vibe. You know what I mean? You still but, on your Merlot tip? Yeah, man. I'm a Merlot connoisseur. <laughs> um, like I say, man, in the beginning, I'm a, I like a lot of shit, and I never want to be put in a box. Like that's one thing. Everybody who know me, all my OGs from Will Roundtree, Jay Morrison, Beyond Win, it's like you, I don't, you can't say, oh, we, I know Brandon for real estate, or I know him for sales. It's like no, I'm, I like a lot of shit, and if it take me longer to pop because I'm, quote unquote, all over the place, I'm cool with that. Right. But long, long as I'm straight and I feel good with what I put out and I'm happy with what I do, I like music, I like sales, I like storytelling, like I like everything. And that's just what I want to show the world. And you can't box me in, you know, so that's where I'm at. So tell us more about Split Your Wig. Split Your Wig, man. So Split Your Wig is a podcast I thought about Ah, about two, three years. We was on tour, the Corner Class tour. Um, and my last name, Wiggly. And I wanted to play off of, you know, the crime mob. And it's a negative connotation. But, you know, from especially from here in the South, I'm from Florida. And people say, I'll split your wig, meaning, right. <laughs> you know, they'll beat you up or whatever. Um, and so I'm like, man, I like to play off my last name because my last name is unique. 
And I'm like, all right, I'm going to say split your wig, but we're going to crack open the minds of influential people. I've been blessed to um, know a lot of dope people. Like, I don't like the name name drop all the time, but I, I know heavy hitters. I can just pick up the phone and call, you know, and I've been blessed. I almost look at myself as the younger black godfather. You know what I mean? I get paid a lot just for connecting the dots. I made a post like that the other day. I'm good at making people money, so in return, I make money. You know, so I know a lot of dope people, so I was like, man, let me sit people down and really interview them, and I'm big on storytelling and entertainment, like you know, like I said, in vibes, so people can tell their story, and like I said, hopefully ins- inspire somebody else. But I just haven't been consistent with it. I've been so busy building this new business is like that's all I've been focused on, but I I, I definitely need to do that because that's when I'm my, my most happiest and I feel like my most peace at peace when I'm you know interviewing and talking to people, Just creating. Yeah, I'm a creator, bro, for sure. So, what do you think? When do you think season two will come about? Oh, it's crazy you say that. Um, I got a camera, man. I want to do it visually. I like okay. visuals. Um, I got a camera now. Shout out to Javi. He does a lot of work with Jay Morrison as well. And we're actually meeting Friday. So we're going to map out. Um, I want to map out my third quarter, finish it up by this week. So we're going to map it out. So I want to do, I want to shoot for before Black Friday, like November. No, uh, not Black Friday, Halloween. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But. I can. I know for myself, I can just do some episode by my damn self too. I, I just gotta stay on top of it. So, what's your recording process like? Are you just going to, uh, you know, take maybe a week and film everything in bulk and then release it periodically, or do a mass release like Netflix? Or, oh, um, you know what, bro? That's a great question. I knew at first we were saying. I, I know it's some people I want to interview that I may have to travel to, so I can't do okay. them in bulk. Um, but I are, I might, I was thinking about the ones in Atlanta knocking those out first and releasing those. So I know it's like four people I want to knock out in the A. And then it's like three or four people I want to knock out in Florida, and I'll be in Florida in November. So um, it's probably knock them out four at a time. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. But that could change, man. I change my mind all the time. <laughs> well, I'm definitely looking forward to um, season two, even Appreciate though, it, you know, I did take issue with some of the things that were shared on the podcast on a couple episodes. Which one? Man, it, I think it was each episode. I Some of your hot takes, man. I was like, <laughs> when you said Kobe wasn't even in the conversation? No, that, I didn't what? say that. I've never said As that. As a Kobe like... fan, I was like, what? I said that. Yeah. Oh man, I probably what I what I don't even remember. But, okay, but, so here was the context. Yeah. And I, and I think maybe if because I, I just listened to it, I I listened to it like two hours ago. Was it the LeBron conversation? It was the LeBron and yeah. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Uh, yeah, I Kobe, my favorite player. But as a basketball player, as a skilled player, I, I definitely feel like LeBron is better and um, Jordan. Though. But Kobe, my favorite. Like, T.I., my favorite rapper, but I don't feel like he the best Yeah, of you all use time. that same analogy. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, okay. Cool. What I'm trying to figure out is when you say skill, are you talking about talent or are you talking about actual skill set? I would say, 
Okay, yeah, that's a great question because Kobe is very skilled. I would say talent. LeBron can shoot, dribble, pass, um, and then his physical talent, ability, jump. Just he was blessed with that body. We just talking about athleticism, you know. We're talking like about the skill is you, dribbling. You could say passing. Aaron Rodgers is maybe more talented than uh, Brady, Brady, right? Yeah, he better than Brady. Definitely but better than when him. it comes to greatness and who would be the greatest, mm-hmm. you would have to go with Brady, right? Oh, as a quarterback, if I had to choose, I, but. In that in that team sport, it's a whole system behind. I had to start off my team, and they say, "Hey, you get a quarterback." I'm going with Aaron all day. You know, Brady blessed to have Belichick and a, like like Tim Duncan. They've been in those systems forever, and they never had to, you know, adjust with not too much change. You know, but not taking none away from Brady, I, I rock out with him. But LeBron, like Kobe, was blessed to have what two or three coaches, maybe. LeBron had like seven or eight of them. You know what I'm saying? And I just I love Kobe though, so I don't even want to make it seem as I'm putting them together. But I think if I had to start a team, I'd definitely go with LeBron. Easy, quick, like okay. Kobe, my boy though. We're, I'm, I'm gonna have to have you back on where we can really have a whole episode just really <laughs> on that. But okay, so. Um, I think you know this. We had Will Roundtree on the podcast. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. yeah. So tell us something about Will that maybe we don't know. Some behind the scenes scoop on him. Will, oh, Will, that's my big brother. I tell him they adopted me into the family and the Roundtree family. Um, what you may not know, Will used to rap. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I think. I never heard him though, but I know they say he used to like host rap battles or something like that in Milwaukee. Um, what else about Will? Will's just a genuine dude, man. I love Will. Yeah, that's you know what I'm the saying. Will that I've always had through my interactions with him. Yeah, Will a good dude, man. Like Will done loaned me money before and everything. Like that's my dude. Like I don't really know what. Like yeah, that's probably the only thing I, I've never heard him rap, but I know they say he used to host rap battles in Milwaukee, kind of like the eight mile type shit. <laughs> so that's all I really know. So you were talking about, um, you kind of started the podcast during the corner class. Um, yep. How was it? How was that as an experience being around, uh, Will and Jay Morrison as they were doing the corner class? I mean, it was dope. And I got every corner class I opened up for him. So that was like my, I was like the opening act <laughs> at the time. So I loved it. I loved going to those 25 cities, traveling around the country, meeting people all over, um, building relationships. And just to have, like I said, I've been blessed to be around some dope mentors and dope people that kind of just take me under their wing with Will and Jay. And just not even about business. Like all, most of the time, man, when we was talking and vibing, it's, it's just about life. You know, about music, what we talk about. I remember one time me and Will and Jay had a, we was in Oakland, had a discussion about who bodied the, the verses with Jay-Z and Drake on um, Thank Me Later, you know, Take Care. No, yeah, I think it, one of those, Thank Me Later and Take Care, those two songs Drake and Jay-Z had. So it was just a great experience, even for me, man. At the time, I want to say I was 30, maybe 29, 30. And, you know, traveling and opening up for them, it was dope. 
I love it. I always cherish the moments. That's awesome. And it's so you're definitely a proponent of mentorship. Yeah, yeah, man. That's all I. I'm so plugged. It's almost a gift and a curse. I tell people that it's like I got so many mentors in so many industries from day trading to music industries to real estate to credit to like everything. So it could almost cripple me at times um, because I got so many mentors and it's, it slow me down to where I have. I feel like, oh, I, let me ask my mentor what he would do sometimes instead of just like, fuck it, man, do your thing. So it's a gift and a curse, but it definitely has been more of a gift in my life. So are you now mentoring others? Yeah, man. You know what's so crazy about that? I've been mentoring people from my old high school. Okay, cool. (laughs) And it's crazy. Not, Not even in youth, but the people I grew up with. Like I'm starting to like my age, like my class, 2004, 2003. A lot of people I'm seeing are you know, working nine to fives and they're looking to start their own businesses. So I've been doing a lot of that. Just um, doing some peer mentoring. A, yeah, just talking to a lot of people my age. And I think that's my demographic. You know, I went to school for education, though. <laughs> you know, I got a degree in that. So I think I eventually get back into more of the youth. Um, but right now it's been more peer mentoring for sure. Awesome. Can you take us through the entrepreneurial uh, culture or climate that exists right now in Atlanta? Oh, I love Atlanta entrepreneur scene. I, feel, I always say, man, if you're moving and shaking in Atlanta, um, it's a it's a big city, but it's small. People are going to know you, so you always want to keep your face card good. You always want to be at, um, stand on your word, do good work with integrity. Um because in Atlanta, like I said, it's big, but it, it's a small city and everybody, especially in the minority community, everybody knows each other. So it, it's popping. Like I moved to Atlanta back in 2011 with only $700 and I slept on my homeboy couch for like seven months unemployed, just doing odds and ends jobs. But um, moving here definitely changed my life. So it's a it's a popping scene, but it ain't for everybody. I've seen people I know move here and then take their ass back to Florida. <laughs> But if if you if you got a if you got a vision and you got a plan and you kind of know what you want to do and where you want to get to, they definitely can get you there for sure. Uh, what advice would you have for someone who's just moving to Atlanta? Uh, for me, man, I, I it, get, link up with people who you know in the beginning, um, so they can get you acclimated to it to the city. And get you, um, you know, it's like I said, for me, I live in Norcross and a lot of stuff happened in Midtown. So it's, it's a spread out city. So if you know somebody here, I think that helps a lot. And um, go to everything, go network. I think it's a city of black networking for sure. Like it's so much stuff that's going on every weekend that I don't care what you like. If you're in the poetry you got Apache Cafe. If you into the arts, you got the art museum. You got real estate. You got Jay Morrison, Ramon Tooks. You got so many people, man. So just go out and, and just mix and mingle if, you, if you're new today. Okay. And so how do you balance entrepreneurship and the dating scene? 
<laughs> that's that's a great question. Oh man, I, I that's funny. I, I laugh because me and my homeboy were just talking about this. Yeah. Um, it ain't no balance, really. I don't have the answers to it. Um, to be honest, I I'm currently um single, but I I definitely want this. Uh, I'm gonna just put it out here. Like I've never even said this, but I desperately want my family back. So I have a child. She's five years old. And I have a, her mom is somebody that's always been solid in my life. So I don't give a damn about this. They didn't see me right now. I'm trying to get my family back. So <laughs> that's all I'm on. But the dating scene is, it's cool. You know, I, I haven't had any bad experiences, me personally. I think the, the, the energy that you put out um, into the universe is what you get back. So I've never dealt with any crazy women and oh, nothing crazy, you know. Yeah, I, I've had similar experiences where it's like, you know, I always hear stories about people like, oh, I, I get the craziest women and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, part of that is you do things to make them behave in a crazier manner. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's, you, you, you have to kind of know what you're doing. And I think just on both sides, both men and women are just kind of confused right now. Yeah. I think sure. the rules have changed in dating and people aren't clear on what's what. And not communicating. At all. You know, I, like I feel like, and not even communicating, but you communicate to truly understand and listen. And then from there, shit, sky's the limit. So I also wanted to talk to you about you have really dope hoodies for the Split Your Wig podcast. Mm hmm. Is how did that come about? Oh, um, I, I, I'm a I like fashion, bro. I almost like fashion too much. I spend so much money on clothes, especially <laughs> that's why I love fall. Fall, my favorite season. But um, I just man, I got I'm about to release some merch this weekend. I got once again, I have some friends that I have a friend that owns a print printing company. I have two friends that own printing companies. So any ideas I have, I can just tell them and they print it up for me. So, man, like I said, man, I call myself Baby Black Godfather because I, I got so many connects. I can connect the dots. So, man, I always feel like I can never go broke because I know too many people and I know too much shit. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even this past year, 2019, is probably going to be my worst year financially in the past two, three years. But at the same time, it's been such a growth for me. Um, just from really connecting dots with people, and so I'm I'm looking real forward to 2020. Is that uh, due to the fact that you were launching businesses this year? Yeah, I've been I've been in the lab, man. I've just been in the lab studying how to grow businesses from one million to ten million. I've been in the lab from everything I, and then you know transitioning from being pre- vice president of Jay Morrison Academy, leaving that. To start in two new companies, a, a digital marketing agency and a, a pretty much business consultation um, company where not even consultating, but helping people get to seven and eight figures happily, you know, being happy about it instead of feeling like they're in the job. And we come in, um, me and my partner, where he has, he's already grown three multi-million dollar companies. I was vice president of the Inc. 5000 fastest growing company. So we both, both of us together, we know the game and, and going into these companies that's making at least a half a million dollars and helping them grow to five million and the 10 million and exiting. 
that company. So, so that's what I've just been learning, man. I've just been in the lab. So almost like my season started in 2020 is like I, I took 29th, not even took it off, but almost you were in just training mode almost. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to take, you got to, you got to step back sometime and, and, and really put the playbook together. Right. You See know, the big I, picture. I think off, yeah. You know, you got to think in the altitude and in the mud. You know, altitude and mud. It's like you in the mud, you grinding. You know, a lot of people in our culture are like, oh, I got it out the mud. I'm grinding. I'm hustling, which is cool. But then you also got to be at a high level at the altitude and be able to look above everything and put and map out the plays. You know, so, you know, you got to have those both in your repertoire, the altitude and the mud, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Um, so you were talking, you just mentioned how you exited from your position of uh, VP of sales, right? Mm-hmm. Can you give yep. us some insight on the best ways um, to make an exit and when it's time to leave a position? Man, I don't have the best insight because I'm an impulsive person. I'm, I always tell people I'm not the smartest person in the room. I just pull the trigger the fastest, <laughs> right? So I was with Jay for five years. So I, it was took a big part of my life. But like I said, I always salute him. He put me on. And last year, 2018, I just felt like for me personally, it was just time for me to, I don't know, I was feeling like it was it was getting, for me personally, like real corporate. Uh, I'm a free spirit. Like I said, I don't like to be boxed in, which is nothing wrong with it, um, with that from, you know, the way direction Jay, the company was going. And I just needed to change. And for me, I, I've always been a great communicator. So I kind of just, Jay kind of sensed me you know, not all the way living in my passion and my purpose. So we did lunch one day and I kind of gave him the analogy. It's like, all right, if you're Jay-Z in the early Rockefeller days, are you Jay-Z? Then I'm Kanye. It's like, remember when Kanye was just making beats for everybody and Rockefeller behind the scenes, you know, people knew who he was. He was a great producer, but he was making beats for state property, Beanie Siegel, Niff and Me. I don't know if you remember all these folks, but he making beats, but then one day Kanye say, "Hold on, I rap too. I need." So I told Jay, "It's kind of the same thing. It's just time for me to make my college dropout." <laughs> you know what I mean? And and if we and when we link back again, it's gonna be on some Watch the Throne shit. Right. You know, it's gonna be so. That's for me. That was just for me. I just had to leave like that. And I've quit a job at Walgreens <laughs> when I first got here to Atlanta. I worked there for a year, and I quit during Black Friday. You know what I mean? So. Black Friday, a little before Black Friday. So I don't give the best advice on how to leave a job. I just do the shit. I ain't, that's just me. I don't even really think too much into it. Just to be transparent. Okay, so let's touch on sports real quick. Who are your teams? I don't have um, an NFL team. College, I'm, a, I'm from Florida. I'm a Florida Gator okay. to the death of me. Um, NBA, uh, I like I'm from Orlando, so I like the Magic and the Lakers. I'm a Laker fan because go back to the Magic. I, I love Shaq, Shaq and Penny. And then when Shaq left, he was my favorite player. When he went to LA, I followed him. So then when he came, and then Kobe came, I just stayed with the Lakers. Now LeBron there, so but you know I'm from Orlando, so that's my team. But NFL, I don't have a team in that. But college diehard Gators every day. It's like if they lose it messes up my day and all that <laughs> so what's their current record well, we four and no man number eight in the nation so we good we we're on the come on okay okay 
Yeah, we back. What is some advice that you would have for someone looking to start a business or to get into entrepreneurship? How what helped me, man, is the cliche answer, but invest in yourself. Like I've always been I always tell people if the course under two thousand dollars, I'm gonna buy it. Like I don't even care. If I have it, of course. If you don't have it, you know, you can't buy it, but I'ma always invest. And of course, that's how I met Jay. I was able to get by, by by Jay because I saw him on YouTube. He said he had a course. I bought the course. I am, I took action on the course, and I was able to get around him. So you know, I wanted to learn ecom. I bought an ecom course from um, Kevin David. Was able to learn that. Was able to start e-commerce businesses. So um, invest in yourself with courses and in books. What books did would you recommend? What What are you reading right now? Oh man, I'm a book nerd. I always tell people I'm the coolest nerd on the planet. Right now I'm reading Twelve Week Year, um, Pitch Anything, and um, Ready Fire Aim. Okay, what are those about? So Twelve Week Year is pretty much self-explanatory. You're just planning out twelve weeks, so a quarter. So you try to accomplish what you can do. What most people try to do in a year in a quarter, just to see how you can push yourself. Pitch anything is um, the art of persuasion and the art of pitching your idea to people or trying to raise money, pitch your business, whatever it is. Um, and ready fire aim is how to scale a business from one million. I mean, from zero to one million. So it's from starting the businesses and really it's kind of a sales book, sales and marketing and how to scale a business. Okay. Well, I have, definitely have to check those out. I think I saw one of them on Audible, so might be in my wish list. Hello? Hello? Can you... Oh, yeah, my, my fault. Somebody called me. That's my problem. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have this question for you. Do you think fatherhood has helped you become a better entrepreneur? Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say that, man. It definitely made me a better okay. person. It made me less selfish. Yeah, I want to say a better entrepreneur. It definitely made me less selfish. I'm the only child, so okay. Um, I got a lot of selfish ways. <laughs> so I know definitely having a child made me a less selfish, and you know, think about other people more. And but as an entrepreneur, I wouldn't say that, man. I'm still trying to find the balance. And so you're someone who is involved in different things. What would you say the three most important transferable skills would be? Kind of like I said, man, sales, being able to sell, persuade, be able to communicate clearly. Um, and really, sales, communication, Another skill set, man. Those two I'm definitely big on. Um, a lot kind of piggybacks off of that. I want to say numbers, like knowing, you know, having some kind of key, some kind of knowledge in math. <laughs> you know, not saying you got to be doing algebra and shit, but, you know, being but knowing able to... what your, your margins are. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Like, really... Yeah. D- Really diving deep into that—that's that's, that's definitely important. 
But you know, you can, like Jay always taught me, be an expert at hiring experts. So you can always outsource it, but right. you know, you want to be knowledgeable. So that you just have to know internally, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. And so, um, I've asked you a lot of questions today. Um, do you have any questions for me? Oh, that was a great question. Nothing pops on the top of my head, man. Just keep doing your thing. I appreciate you for um, even reaching out, man. So you kind of motivated me as well. I need to do me an interview. I'm going to write that down on my list. Let me record somebody this week. (laughs) You know, so I I, I, I salute you for that, brother. Most definitely. Well, hopefully we can have you back on in the future. And we wish you peace, prosperity, and perspective from the Trap Life Podcast. All right, man. Appreciate you, dog. All right. Bless up. Yeah.